brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 10.50 a.m., the station that needs no listener behind. Reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend. From Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to L.A., this is Big Sports Radio. Yep, we are on the air, not worried about uh, the, the rest of the draft because we've got our first-round picks right here. Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, uh, Joshua Ewing is on audio. I'm Larry Smith. Glad you're here with us. Uh, as we round out the month of April with uh, a lot of NFL draft talk. And, guys, let's look back at the top. You know, we went in not knowing uh, who was going to go number one overall, uh, and we got our answer, Bryce Young. And I know, you know, we were, you know, all together talking Thursday night when that when that pick was made. Um, you guys both were, I guess, surprised, maybe, can I even say disappointed? Uh, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think we were talking, uh, and what I said was, I, I think, Bryce Young is, if he was six foot three, he'd be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think he's got that kind of talent. But, you know, can a guy his size win big in the NFL? And I don't know that he can. You know, Kyler Murray experiment has been great, but I think Bryce Young is much better than Kyler Murray. Um, so we'll see. I, I we'll see. But I, I definitely it's it's there's definitely some skepticism with this being a number one overall pick. Not that he's not a great, he's like an elite college player, one of the best of all time, right? I think he's great, but NFL's different. So we'll see. Yeah, my, my biggest concern about him is, is, you know, at 5'10 and a half and, you know, 200 pounds, he is significantly smaller than, than decades worth of, you know, high pick quarterbacks. And I just worry that it's not that his talent, but, could his talent be eliminated by one 320 pound guy running through him on a pass play unblocked? And, and again, it's nothing to do with the heart or the skill of Bryce young. It's just the physical stature. Question for you guys. I know you guys follow this very closely through the years. What does it say about where the NFL is right now? Did you ever think you'd, you'd see NFL teams draft a quarterback that was five foot 10? I mean, it's. I mean, it goes against everything they've done for the past thirty years. You've got to have that guy, six two to six four, six five. You know, he's he's two twenty. You know, he's you know Manning was six five, right? I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence was you know six six. I mean, it it to me, it's just the fact he's five ten with number one pick, is astonishing in this in in the NFL. Well, I think what you're seeing is it's more, more open. The offenses are more open. Quarterbacks more mobile get them on the move, make them throw on the run, all these things, quick reads. It's not like it used to be with three yards in a cloud of dust and then throw a bomb like Ken Stabler was back there or something. So, or Daryl LaMonica or, you know, Jim Plunkett, all Raiders, right? So anyway, but, you know, you. so I think the game has changed. I think it's more, you know, you see guys that are doing things differently and, and broken plays, can you make plays in those situations about making quick reads, right reads, and so forth, and, those guys are so advanced they can create passing lanes for these guys that are a little bit smaller. So 
we'll see how it all plays out. It's uh, it's definitely a different league. There's no question. Yeah, and and the way they move the pocket nowadays, and the way quarterbacks move around in the pocket, means you don't have to be six foot five to see over the top of your line anymore. You can, and you know that that also opens it up, and mobility is a big thing. But you know. I've always been a big believer in my quarterback running out of bounds without anybody hitting him <laughs> in the NFL. But, you know, that's just me. And I wouldn't want to get hit by some of these defenders. And I would just assume that, that my quarterback doesn't either. Yeah, 12 years since the Carolina Panthers took a quarterback number one overall in the NFL draft. Uh, he was also from the state of Alabama, Auburn, uh, six foot five inch, 245 pounds. Cam Newton, of course, and went on later to be. Uh, a league MVP at one point and also led the Panthers to a Super Bowl um, where he pouted um, like I've seen nobody pout after a game um, after that. It was just uh, stunning. Okay, enough on that. Uh, so the Panthers take young number one and then C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State number two. Saw Stroud play last year in person um, against Wisconsin. I thought he was just outstanding. Um, and I think that uh, the Titans uh, certainly have a, a, a star in the making in C.J. Stroud. Oh, you know, the only thing you wonder about him is that this whole test, right? I mean, he didn't do well on this <laughs> test or that test or what it was. So I guess that's the only the question you have is like, you know, maybe there's uh, something there. I don't know. I don't see it, though. I mean, we, we worry too much about this stuff. Like he said, I play football. <laughs> so, you know, hey, he's, he's not wrong. Stroud, Stroud would have been my first pick. I, I really like him in his years at Ohio State. Again, there's there's some supreme athletes, you know, it, it, but but boy, he was effective out there on the football field and could get the ball uh, where it needed to be, and and he could with the the bigger size. I feel better about him surviving in the uh, NFL, where where these these guys just when they hit you, they don't it hurts. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, kind of surprised at number three Thursday night. Um, Arizona trading its pick to the Texans. So Houston drafting second and third. Uh, they go Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. And then the Colts, uh, they say goodbye to Matt Ryan, the one-year experiment for Matty Ice. Uh, never heated up. Thank you. Um, and so they go with Anthony Richardson out of Florida, who was, uh, you know, as a guy who's been projected top five almost this entire uh, offseason. And it turns out they take Richardson as their quarterback of the future in Indianapolis. I think this is the most talented player. If, if you guys remember, if we went back to August of 2022, I told you about this guy, right? Good. Yeah. Elite talent. This test doesn't have an experience. I mean, he runs, he throws, he's got the size you want. He's got cannon for an arm. He's big. He's powerful. He's fast. He's got everything you need except experience right now. And now, you know, the question you have is what does he become? Does he become, you know, a Josh Allen or, you know, somebody like that, or does he become you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell uh, on the on the bottom end. So you just don't know. I, I don't think what you're going to get from him yet. But man, he's got all the talent in the world, and um, I think this is a great upside pick for for the Colts. Yeah, I agree. And you just hope that the Colts decide to have an offensive line so that they don't get Andrew Luck because he gets beat up with so many hits and and some of the physical abuse that that Luck took because. Richardson's got some talent and and certainly at that size even DBs have no interest in really going out there and exchanging a, a big shot with him you know I thought that was also something else that was pretty neat was um 
the posthumous drafting of the three Virginia football players who were shot and killed in that horrible incident last fall. Um, you know, you can complain about the NFL and, you know, debate that, you know, all weekend long, but I thought that was a classy move um, by the National Football League. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good. I think they're, you know, we saw the NBA do something similar with the guy who, you know, lost his career the uh, from uh, Baylor, the big kid. So I think this is the kind of thing that, you know, they're starting to figure it out, these sports leagues a little bit. Yeah, it'd just be nice if uh, there wasn't any reason to do stuff like that. But um, it is a really nice touch of class. Yeah, no question about that. By the way, we're going to talk a lot more draft here later on in these two hours. Um, we'll get more into, uh, you know, some of the Big Ten players and what they did. Of course, again, we've already talked about uh, Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, outstanding Buckeye quarterback going uh, down to Texas. Uh, a lot coming up. Coming up next, we've got a Michigan insider, Clayton Safety of the Wolverine.com. We will talk uh, with him. Um, about Mr. Khakis, uh, Jim Harbaugh, and, and how he's got things rolling right now in Ann Arbor. Uh, we get his thoughts coming up after the spring game. Uh, also, uh, Nebraska spring football. Uh, Matt Rule, his first year in Lincoln. We'll check in on him as well. Uh, and there's a scandal going on at uh, Illinois State University in, in Normal, Illinois, involving the athletic director um, and making a $25,000 gamble on a $3 million payout. What went wrong that forced the AD to resign we're going to talk about that with the reporter who broke the story uh, he's joining us a bit later on uh lots other to talk about as well the bucks and uh, what happened to them in round one the ravens making news with their quarterback rogers finally on the move um the baseball reporter who couldn't uh, uh be nice to others and now she's out of a job uh and then the, what's going on in nashville as well in terms of if you haven't read that new stadium if you didn't think Nashville was a destination, you've got about four years to wipe that thought out of your mind because Nashville is putting itself on the map in the biggest way, doing something not even New York or Los Angeles has done. That's on the way. Deion Sanders in the white cowboy hat. Um, he's just taking his whip and just getting folks out of town. Not lassoing any town. He's getting folks out of town. That's coming up as well. Uh, so much to talk about here on Big Sports Radio. But up next, though, it is Clayton Safey, the Michigan insider from the Wolverine.com, talking all things maize and blue right here on Big Sports Radio. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. We all make more than 35,000 decisions a day. Most are small, but some can be life-changing. When it comes to taking care of yourself, the most important choices can be hard to make. Like having a tough conversation instead of ignoring a buddy's call. Or being there for support, not assuming things will just get better. Make the decision to be there for the veterans in your life, for your community, for yourself. Learn more at BeThereForVeterans.com. Big sports radio here, and of course, uh, always talking Big Ten things. One of our friends we have not talked to in a while, and boy, we have been remiss. You know, it's one of those things like a friendship, like you don't call, and they wonder, like, what happened to you? We didn't mean to ignore Clayton Safey. We just haven't talked to him. He is, of course, uh, with the Wolverine.com, always a great source of Wolverine sports. And Clayton, good to have you back on the show. 
Great to be back. Yeah, maybe, I thought maybe I got the axe there for a second. <laughs> just kidding. No, no. You know, we just got busy, you know, life and kids. And, you know, it just caught, it's kind of caught up with us. So. There's 14 uh, teams in the league. Yeah. Exactly. If you're, if you're not going to wear khaki pants, we're not interested in having you on the show. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Glenn, let's, uh, let's start football. I know the spring game uh, was earlier this month. Um, you know, obviously things are going well right now for, for Wolverines football, but tell us, um, you know, how things went uh, during that day and, and how things are going. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty standard. I mean, I, I think the spring game overall uh, lacked a little bit of luster just because there were a few minor injuries that had some guys sitting out. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards didn't get to see those two guys. Uh, we saw J.J. McCarthy for a half and he was a little bit up and down, uh, but, you know, threw an interception early, had a nice touchdown drive later on in his first half performance so didn't take a ton of stock into that but there were some some really uh impressive showings i think from some young guys that could see the field this year that we didn't maybe think as much about coming into the spring which is a good sign as well and you know maybe this is an even deeper team than i originally thought and i thought coming in it was it was pretty deep but i mean at the very least there are some young guys that'll have bright futures maybe if it's not even this year i mean benjamin hall at the running back spot who's a true freshman came in as a three-star was kind of the the talk of the town coming out of that. Uh, he had 96 yards, one touchdown. And, you know, people were kind of raving about, Oh, wow. We were pretty deep here with not just Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards at running back, but uh, some other guys that could help us as well. Um, and then overall, uh, you know, transfers were also a big storyline. Ernest Hausman, who came from another big 10 school, Nebraska into Michigan at the linebacker spot was really impressive, led everybody in tackles. Uh, Josiah Stewart, Coastal Carolina transfer, comes in uh, at the edge spot and made some plays. Uh, I think he's going to help them in the pass rush department. He had, I think, 23 sacks over the last two years in the Sun Belt. It's a step up in competition, but Josiah Stewart in his first showing to the public uh, was pretty impressive um, You know, in showing that. And he talked about it afterwards, too. He wants to prove that he can play at this level. So um, some of the newcomers flashed, and – some of the older guys played, you know, snap, uh, a, a series, a quarter, a half. But we kind of know what, what to expect from them anyway. So uh, I think pretty positive coming out of out of uh, spring football for Michigan. As you kind of look at this, this Michigan team, would you say, I, I know you mentioned maybe they're a little bit deeper. Do they have the same, you know, same quarterback, obviously, he's got the running back, but they have the same high-end talent that they had uh, last year? It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that's that one thing that, you know, when you look at Michigan, I think it's a very old team as well. A lot of guys coming back, so that that's going to help them. They are deep, but the high end talent is maybe the one thing they're missing, specifically at a, at a spot like wide receiver. Um, you know, early in the 2000s, Michigan was pretty loaded there uh, back when Chad Henney was playing quarterback. Since then, they haven't had a, a first round wide receiver, uh, so that's something that. And not that they did last year either, but, you know, this team's trying to go from college football playoff good to national champion good. Um, and I think it's it's those spots that could give you an edge, a first-round type of guy there. Um, I, I think it does have the high-end talent at the same, you know, type of spots they did a year ago. Uh, Will Johnson at the corner spot, you know, I think he could be an All-American as a sophomore this, uh, this coming year after being a freshman All-American this past season. Uh, I think they're going to have enough on the defensive line I mean, I, I think that, you know, we all kind of know what their running back and quarterback is uh, at this point. And, and that's a really good thing for Michigan. And maybe J.J. McCarthy takes the next step 
which would help as well. Um, but that's kind of the biggest question mark, I think, for me is when they get to those games against a Georgia or, you know, if they have if they play Alabama or a team like that, you know, do they have the horses to, to compete with them for 60 minutes? Um, so I think that's TBD. But in terms of the way they've done it the last couple of years, I think they're right there in line in terms of top end talent. And then, you know, you, you got to still get through the Big Ten. But if they do get past that, uh, then the big question mark is, do they have the playmakers that can do it on, on the biggest stage? And it, for me, it's still a question mark. And of course, depending on what recruiting, you know, you follow, Ohio state just lost the number one ranking, you know, to, to Michigan and Michigan has quite a few four stars who might pop into the five-star level is Harbaugh finally finding a way to take care of that quote talent gap unquote that, that, that there exists between some of those Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan? This is the opportunity. I mean, when you have the momentum on the field, uh, you have to capitalize on the recruiting trail. They ranked about 20th in, in the recruiting rankings last cycle, which was super disappointing coming off of a Big Ten championship. And and you know, with talking to fans and, and kind of just reading the vibes of the fan base and looking at how things have gone, really under Jim Harbaugh, there hasn't been the, the marriage of the recruiting being at the highest level and the play on the field being at the highest level. They've both been there at different points. Um, but I think right now they're at its best spot, uh, you know, combined and that's going to help. I mean, you, you do need that talent to compete with Ohio state on a yearly basis, uh, you know, to get to the college football playoff and, and make a run, you know, not just get bounced in the semifinal game. So, I mean, if you're a recruit now, you've seen, you know, if you're going to be what a senior this coming fall, you've now seen Michigan kind of take over the Big Ten the last two years. It's not just a one-off, so I think that really helps. Um, and and Jim Harbaugh's recruiting staff and his assistant coaching staff, I think, is the best it's been when it comes to uh, the recruiting trail, which helps as well. Um, you know, Chris Partridge is a guy who they brought back from Ole Miss. Um, he was let go there as the co-defensive coordinator, and he was at Michigan previously. They bring him back, and he was their ace recruiter at the beginning of the Harbaugh era, uh, but he didn't have the results necessarily to sell. Well, now he comes back, uh, and he has that, and I think that that is really huge for them. They've got a great class so far. Uh, yeah, as you said, depending on the recruiting rankings you look at, they're you know anywhere between one and five, and I think just the different sites like On3, which we're a part of that network, you know they don't weigh as heavily the amount of recruits you have. It's, it's more the your top six right now and they'll keep expanding that in terms of uh how they calculate the rankings but either way uh, a really good class and if they continue to win on the field i mean there's no reason why these these kids won't keep uh lining up and, and I, I will say this too very strong class on the offensive line and at running back and that's you know shouldn't be a surprise i guess given you know how michigan is winning right now um so if they can keep that going and keep feeding the beast i think they you know they could see this turn into more of a long-term, you know, successful play. Talking with Clayton Sapio of the Wolverine.com. And, and to your point, you know what, it's, I guess, easier to recruit when you can show back-to-back Big Ten championship rings and back-to-back college football playoff appearances. It's pretty cool. Um, are you surprised, despite that success, that, that Michigan has recruited this well, considering that um, after the, the semifinal loss, um, we were talking about 
um, you know, Jim Harbaugh flirting with some NFL teams, and there was a feeling that maybe that might hurt his recruiting. Um, he's still at at Michigan, still with the Wolverines, and clearly it didn't um, hurt recruiting. At least it doesn't seem like it as we're talking right now. It just seems like ancient history, which is just wild because it, it's not. <laughs> months ago, yeah. Um, I, I, it's funny. Bruce Feldman uh, from The Athletic and Fox Sports was on with Rich Eisen, I think, a month ago or so, and, and Rich Eisen asked him the same question, and he was like, yeah, but Jim Harbaugh isn't conventional in any way. Like, there's just no way to explain how he operates. Um, so, yeah, he, I mean, he flirted with the Denver Broncos. It was this offseason. It's been two straight offseasons where he sat down and talked with NFL teams about their head coaching job. And, you know, I think it did hurt Michigan, you know, a, a little bit more last cycle. But I do think NIL, they've been slow to adapt there, uh, was a little bit more of a factor. And now – They've made some progress there, um, and and now Jim Harbaugh, you know, again, it, it is a little bit different too because he was the one that, you know, kind of said that he was going to come back as opposed to flying to Minnesota amidst the snowstorm last year. Um, so you know that perception's a little bit different, but I mean, it, it's hard to explain. Uh, it's a little bit surprising, uh, you know, but at the same time, I think results are, are results, and and you know, players have seen that, but. Uh, and, and it seems like, too, based on their conversations and what they say, uh, you know, they've been assured that he is planning on being here. And I think that helps. Um, and at the same time, too, you can get out of your letter of intent. You can get out of your commitment at any point as well. So, you know, if something like that were to go down, I think we'd see, you know, guys look elsewhere. But for right now, I think they're pretty confident in, in where Michigan is not only at, but headed. Is the, you know, we, one of the things that we've seen at, at Colorado, they cut like a thousand people um, after spring. <laughs> they cut everybody. They, they cut people from Boulder. They told them they have to leave town. So, um, so what, what has Michigan had any of that where the, a lot attrition, you know, post spring game, you see any of that happening? Yeah, they've had four guys uh, leave this week. And I don't think it was like the Deion Sanders where that, that's just a, just what a wild scenario you have going on in Colorado, but yeah, not, I mean, I think we'll probably see a couple more here. Uh, transfer portal window closes April 30th. And then I know guys who do graduate can go at, at any time, but um, you know, you've seen AJ Henning, uh, Michigan starting punt returner, RJ Moten, who started some games at safety, but seems to be passed up a little bit. Uh, he's going to look elsewhere. Uh, Nikai Hill green kind of same thing at linebacker where he started in the past, had an injury last year. And then, um, you know, there's just a lot of depth there now and a lot of guys at the top of of the depth chart where it feels like at this point, you know, it used to be when you have a handful of transfers, everyone's like, oh, what's going on in Ann Arbor? What's going on in East Lansing? What's going on in Columbus or wherever it is? Uh, but now it's kind of healthy, um, you know, to to have that. And you got to work out the scholarship numbers and all of that. So um, nothing super notable, nothing like Hunter Dickinson leaving the basketball program. Haven't seen that yet on the football side of things. Um, and, you know, at, at this point, you plug holes through the portal and you, rec- you know, you're quote unquote recruit over guys. I don't necessarily blame, you know, some guys for leaving and trying their hand somewhere else. And that's just kind of the way college football has gone. But I'm actually surprised at the lack of, of guys that have left. You know, I think you look at some maybe younger guys who don't see a path right away to playing time. And, and maybe those guys will, will enter the portal soon. But uh, there has not been anything like the, what, 55 now at Colorado yeah. that have left? It's just absurd. Um, yeah. But, you know, Michigan with seven guys in, uh, maybe adding uh, another. Uh, we will see they're in on James Turner, the kicker 
out of Louisville um, that could really help them there after they lose Jake Moody. Um, and then about 12 or 13 out since the, since the beginning of the season as well, or beginning of the off season. Speaking of uh, Hunter Dickinson, you know, it was a surprise move to, to some people to see him enter the portal. What were your thoughts on that? And where's your fearless prediction for where he is going to end up? Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to uh, somebody close to the team in the middle of the season, just chatting before a game. And I was like, you know, we, we were just having the Hunter Dickinson conversation. Like, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't think he has an NBA option here. Like, I would assume he comes back. And this individual said, I wouldn't be shocked if he chopped himself and went to the transfer portal. And that was the first time I kind of thought of it. Um, and then, you know, you kind of realize that was an option coming into the offseason, just given, you know, that he could demand a, a really high price. And, and sure enough, he does that. So overall, it wasn't the most shocking move I've seen. But seeing his, you know, actually seeing that reported and seeing his name in the transfer portal was pretty shocking. Um, as far as where he goes, I mean, it, it seems like right now, you know, the, the places he's taken visits to and is most serious about would be um, Kansas. He just uh, took a visit over the weekend to Kentucky. Uh, he did, you know, go to a, a couple places that are close to him back in his hometown, Maryland and Georgetown. So wouldn't be overly surprised there. Villanova, another option. Uh, but to me and, you know, Brad and, and you guys, I think can speak to this as well. When, when a Big Ten team's recruiting a guy, and then Kansas gets in the mix or Kentucky gets in the mix. I think you get a little bit, uh, you get a little bit wary. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say it. Kansas has probably been doing NIL. Well, I think we know this, right? The FBI wiretap. <laughs> They've been doing NIL for years, years and years. It and just Adidas. had a different name. It was exactly. bags of cash. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I can say it because it is literally, you know, there's yeah, an investigation. Was, investigation order. said that it was happening. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. So, so that, ha you know, when those teams get, some, get in the mix, I think you get a little bit scared. And, and I say that because, you know, the word is that, that he would still listen to Michigan and that, that, um, you know, line of communication is open, but I would not expect him to return to Michigan. I, my money's on, on Kansas, I guess, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think he's going to command, a really big NIL offer and, and looking at it in the transfer portal era, he's probably the best player, I guess, in terms of, you know, he's the only former all American to enter the transfer portal. So uh, what a sport unprecedented times, but my money's on Kansas, you know, Kentucky Villanova would maybe be two and three for me. No, no intend, intend upon. That's okay. You can, you can intend upon. Uh, was <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we follow Followed you right along right there. Um, you know, so there's a chance, but like you said, probably not that Dickinson returns to Ann Arbor. Um, how about the Michigan program? It just seems that, that this was a year that um, things never came together. Um, you know, obviously the injury to Llewellyn early on that hurt you in the backcourts. Um, things just never gelled. Well, you had players, but it just never came together. Um, NIT, the shocker in the second week in, against a Vandy team, that was a second game that was playing really well. Um, you lose Dickinson, you lose Howard, some other players. Um what does this team look like right now? And, and what's their, what's your early outlook for the, for next season? So hard to say because there are so many moving pieces. I, I do think Michigan has, you know, they lost a lot. Top three scorers, Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, and the identity is going to be completely different. I, I do think they've done an okay job so far mitigating some of those losses in the transfer portal. I mean, Caleb Love from North Carolina, we'll see, uh, you know, he's extremely talented. He's going to shoot you 
to some wins probably uh, this coming season. He's probably going to shoot you out of some games as well. Uh, and I think it was a risk that is probably worth taking given the the lack of playmaking that was returning on this roster. Uh, also adding Namari Burnett from Alabama, who's been more of a role player throughout his career, has battled a bunch of injuries as well. Um, you know, you see if he can maybe take the next step. They had Trey Jackson out of Seton Hall at the forward spot. Um, you know, he's another guy that maybe wants a bigger role and, and could be in a better situation. Had to play center last year there. Wasn't a fit for him. Uh, and then they're in on uh, Olivier Kamwa from Tennessee, but he's also in the NBA draft. Um, and I don't think we're going to get a decision there anytime soon. So it's been pretty quiet on the basketball front over the last week plus. Um, you know, I, I think that Joan Howard's done a pretty good job piecing things together, given just how much left this program. But I mean, it, it's a huge year for him. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, and if you look at it outside of the run to the sweet 16, two seasons ago, it's been a pretty mediocre two years. And maybe it's unfair to say outside of a, a run to the NCAA tournament second weekend. But I mean, you've been on the bubble two years in a row now. Uh, you don't make the tournament this past season with all the talent that we've already talked about. So it's disappointing. And I think if you miss it two in a row, then you're looking at, uh, you know, a really hot seat. So this is a big off season. Uh, I'll be interested to see kind of who they're able to add at this point. They do have a couple spots available. So I would expect that to happen. Um, but is it going to be enough to, you know, to have a basically whole new team out there gel quick enough? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really fascinating to watch. And they're not the only team out there trying to piece it together through the portal either. Uh, there's been some teams that's had some success with it. Kansas state, you know, Miami plugged a couple holes there last year, but uh, this is more of an overhaul. And I think that's, what's a little bit more concerning. Well, Caleb love will get his shots up. I can guarantee you that he will get his shots. So, yes <laughs> he may not make them all but he will get them up that is a guarantee is there a, you know you mentioned a hot seat i mean the thing about i, I look at Jawan howard and he's got such a he's really got a a good reputation among high school kids i mean recruiting wise people know him um he got a he's kind of just got kind of a rough draw this year he had some injuries last year or do they take that into account when they assess him i mean because i feel like he's a He's going to recruit talent. I don't think that's the issue. It's, you know, putting that talent together and, and finding it fit, I think, is going to be the harder thing for him. It's absolutely it, Brad. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think John Beeline used to say, it's you're not amassing talent, you're building a roster. And I think, you know, there have been times, and, and Juwan Howard's still learning. He's the first guy to, to admit that as well. He talks about that pretty openly. But, you know, I think there have been times where Michigan under Juwan Howard has amassed talent uh, as opposed to built a roster, um, you know, and that comes in a lot of different ways and, and you need good luck as well. You need guys to stay, right? It would help if a Kobe Bufkin would have came back instead of being probably a late round first, uh, late first round draft pick this year. Um, you know, if Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate didn't leave last year. So sometimes you're put in a tough spot and you kind of got to, you know, just get who you can get. Um, but I do think they, you know, in terms of the way he's recruited, yeah, there's been a lot of talent, but uh, they've been young, I think, too often. In this past year, they were really young in a year that was probably the oldest year in college basketball history, uh, according to Ken Palm. So that that is going to hurt you. Um, you know, you've had to dip into the transfer portal for, you know, a, a couple years in a row now at some key positions, and it's going to continue this this next season. But I do think they, they're going to weigh all of that, um, you know. And I think the, the thing that Jawan Howard has going is that, He's proven he can win at a really high level 
when he does have that talent. Um, you got to get it, and and there's no excuse for for not. But you know, a couple of years ago, that 2021 season, you know, they win the Big Ten, they go to the Elite Eight, they were a shot away from the Final Four. Um, and Jawan Howard was being praised nationally and, and by everybody, um, and, and rightfully so. I think he did a really good job that year. So if you can kind of get a roster like that again, and, and it's not easy to do, um, you know, then I think he's proven he can be successful. So they're going to have to weigh that in. They're going to have to weigh in, you know, the success he has had in, in tournament settings. Um, but they're also going to have to weigh in that. Right now, at least, it doesn't look like the trajectory is is heading uh, up, and it's you know it's actually heading down um, unless they have a turnaround season this year. So that's why I, I wouldn't say hot seat yet. I would say it, it would get hot after this next year, um, but I think pressure is kind of the word I, I'm looking at. That there's a lot riding on what happens this winter. Yeah, that's that's a good word. Um, and the words of Janet Jackson, "What have you done for me lately?" Right? I mean, you know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So, hey, we've got to leave it there. Clayton Safey of TheWolverine.com. Man, it is so good to talk with you and catch up again. Uh, we promise we're, we're going to keep in better touch. We'll text, um, you know, we'll, we'll DM all those things, make sure that we, we, we keep in touch here and talk to you. Uh, we won't let it go that long before we call you again. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Anytime. <laughs> all right. Thanks for having me. Clayton, thanks. Always a great sport. Clayton Safey of TheWolverine.com. Uh, and be sure you go to TheWolverine.com, part of the On3 network, um, and just does some tremendous work. And it's a privilege we get a chance to call him a friend and have him on here on Big Sports Radio. Stay with us. Uh, he talked about Caleb Love joining uh, Michigan. We'll talk about uh, the Big Ten portal and some teams a player coming back a key player for another program uh and some of the moving and shaking going on around the portal and as we say we have another month to go so strap in this is big sports radio you're listening to the big sports radio network with larry smith mike kegley and brad sturdy little big 10 recruiting talk now uh big story earlier this week and one of the you know the sites that recruits uh, the tracks all the team recruiting and the rankings um you know ohio state uh you know sorry buckeye fans um getting passed up on the field by michigan state the last two years well now on the recruiting trail uh, this site says that because of uh some recent recruits committing to the wolverines they have surpassed ohio state in recruiting for the 2024 class michigan now number one currently in recruiting in the nation Man, they'll be ready to fire Ryan Day, right? Message board geniuses will be fired up. Like, he doesn't have the best recruiting class in the Big Ten. How's he going to win? He's only won like 84 or 90% of his games. It's not enough. But, no, I, I think that it's interesting. It does show that Michigan has that kind of uh, that, I don't know, how you, the swag right now. They have the – they're like the name team right now up with Ohio State. We're back to that big two. And I think those guys are going to battle for recruits for the next few years as long as Day and Harbaugh are in there, as long as Ohio State can win a game here and there against Michigan so that Day can stay employed at Ohio State. Yeah, the interesting thing is, too, is is I look at this, and there was some expectation that, that a few of the four-star prospects who committed to Michigan could make the leap to five-star, which would actually widen the gap. So Jim Harbaugh is is got the khaki pants recruiting at a high level, and <laughs> and he's doing it without doing camps in SEC uh, geography. So he's he's definitely starting to to get some sort of kick run here. You think Ryan Day's going to put khaki pants on now? He's like, I can't beat him. Join him, right? I got to try, try some try khaki pants. 
He'll throw everybody off by wearing khaki pants and a Michigan shirt. That'll do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that that Harbaugh looked a little different. He was sign, sign right here. Sign right here. <laughs> Where am you I? Know, going? I'm going to Ohio State. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought you that was Harbaugh. That's what right. was that? <laughs> And the guy shaved the beard, everything you else. You know, if, if Ryan Day is listening to us, we've got some recruiting strategy that you can take advantage <laughs> we'll help of. Him out. We'll yeah, get him back to the top of the Big Ten. Don't you right. worry. That's right. Here's what's amazing, too. You know, remember that we were talking earlier this year about Harbaugh flirting with the NFL. You know, the Colts talking to him and ridiculous numbers of, you know, 10, 20 million being thrown at him a year, that kind of thing. Um, and so we thought that might have hurt his recruiting mojo. Um, you know, look, being number two in recruiting is no slouch, but what does it say right now in terms of Michigan um, getting the the better of their age old rivals, not just on the field, but but now off? Yeah, no, no question. I mean, this is this it's huge. I mean, I, I this is fun. This is making fun though. I mean, yeah. having this kind of you know this kind of rivalry on and off feels is fun. It's great for the Big Ten. It's great for NCAA. Yeah, I mean, and, and let's face it, the whole. Uh, you know, a lot of college football is based upon, you know, people growing up with the the Woody and Bo rivalry. So these 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 rivalries across the country between between schools that don't like each other that have been good and they have colorful coaches. That's that's what legends are made of, you know. And and we're we're have we're having something here that thirty years down the line, you know, that these these fan bases are going to be talking about still. Little basketball now, Indiana trying to reclaim its position atop the Big Ten. They've got some big holes to fill. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis out of eligibility. He moves on. Uh, but guy Xavier Johnson comes back. That's a a, a big um a big keep for the Hoosiers. Yeah, he, he just solidifies their backcourt. You know, they're obviously losing Jalen Hood Chafino and uh, to the draft, and they they don't have a lot, they don't have that point guard. Now they do. Now he's not a great shooter, but he's a great defender. He's tough, brings that toughness that maybe they didn't have. Um, last year. So he'll be important for them. If they can find enough guys who can shoot, they, they have a chance. Yeah. He'll distribute the ball and not really certain, you know, who will actually be there to, to do it. But if he can get some lobs into Clell Ware, then they'll, they'll get some dunks. And, and I do think that's one of the interesting things as coach Woodson puts together teams. As so far, he hasn't, you know, really had a good shooting team. But I mean, maybe he's operating under the premise that I can that I can do well without that. But um, the the game is not going in that direction. So Johnson stays uh, a player that Illinois gets in that Brad Underwood wanted previously. Brad, you were saying uh, Quincy Garrier, the, the Canadian native coming in from stops after stops in Syracuse and Oregon, uh, and you were saying uh, in the commercial break, Brad, that you know this is a kid who was a third team All ACC when he was uh, with the Orange. Yeah, he's a he's a really important piece for Illinois. Adds that front court depth. That was something they really needed to do. And at Illinois, they need to add a point guard uh, for sure now. Um, but they uh, he's a guy that Underwood had tried to recruit out of high school. Tried to recruit when he transferred to Oregon, and now he finally got his guy. It just took him five years. So there you go. And uh, but he's you know they're Illinois is old. I mean they have added um, the kid from SIU fifth year, Justin Harmon fifth year, this Quincy fifth year. They keep adding these fifth-year guys. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have a fifth-year point guard coming up as well. You, you're, that, they went from, like, one of the youngest teams the NCAA last year. They're going to be one of the oldest teams the NCAA this year. Yeah, Coach Underwood is already going to have to change the team dinners to 430 so they can get the discount at some of the restaurants for senior citizens. Um, 
You know, I, I think this is the type of player. <laughs> we don't need NIL. They have Social Security. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you go. You go eat cheap. You know, get the get the uh, old the white hair diner discount. Go, um, go to the Sizzler. <laughs> yeah, as if we haven't taken advantage of that, Brad. Um, but you know, yeah, exactly. I, I really think you need this type of athleticism, defensive intensity is is what Underwood wants for his team, and it allows it allows the team to to really you know be able to play the defense that that he has been noted for in, in the last four years when they have the best record in the Big Ten uh, over that span. And two other players of note, Penn State brings in uh, Puff Johnson, trying to improve on uh, his early part of his career in North Carolina uh, with the Tar Heels. And then um, uh, the other player, Robbie Barron, the former Northwestern player, uh, winds up committing to Virginia Tech. And so just a few of the names watching here as the portal continues, only another month to go. So <laughs> that's all. Hang, that's all. Hang on. You can't rest yet. Keep, uh, keep at it. Stay with us. We've got more coming up after this. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546. Big Sports Radio continues right now and uh, talking uh, a little football. We've been talking a lot of basketball and, and of course, uh, uh, you know, some NFL. Um, but uh, out in Nebraska, Matt Rule, his uh, first year as head coach, came on after the season and the uh, Scott Frost and Mickey Joseph debacle that, that marred 2022. So it's a new look, a new era right now. Rule uh, putting his uh, his uh, guys out on the field for the spring game and uh, talking about um, uh, just uh, what it's been like here the first few months in Lincoln. Let's listen in. So hard for me. Like, if we hit a big play, I'm upset with the defense. You know, the offense scores, the crowd's cheering, and I'm over there like, what the heck's wrong with us, you know? On defense, I thought I thought we ran the ball well at times with the first group. You know, we tried to put a lot of different things on tape. I was had, you know, I was disappointed we couldn't push the ball through the red zone early. You know, but the you know the, the turnovers, the balls on the ground bothered me. Obviously, you know, we had some missed tackles, but it didn't look like you know didn't, tackling didn't look atrocious. I thought the quarterbacks did a nice job uh, moving the ball, uh, ran a little bit of the option game early. So I thought there were some good things there. You know, I thought the you know the kicking game, Timmy, not you know not knocked that big one through early, but you know obviously that left something to be desired later. We missed a couple kicks. So there's live on both sides, but uh, I'll, I'll get really granular with it as I watch it. How did Justin Popper, you look at Sim in terms of operation, operating the offense, getting everybody lined up, how did that happen? That was good, you know. I mean, sometimes, uh, um, you know, when you split guys up, you know, guys sometimes have to play in like, a separate wide receiver position. So there's once or twice it looked like we, you know, we struggled. Like guy had to get lined up for motion, but I thought the motions, the checks, you know, um, I thought all that. I, I didn't hear. I didn't see any bad checks that were out there. So I, I thought, you know, Jeff's really cool, calm out there. I like his demeanor and feel. 
He's played a lot of football, so thought he looked pretty good. I thought I thought I thought it looked like he was on time. I thought it looked like it, you know he, he's a passer. He's a passer who runs four four. He's not a runner who throws. You know he's a passer. Uh, you know I think he did some things with his legs, extending plays. You know had dead to rights on the one he spun out. So uh, that's really what we're looking for from him. Um, weren't able to get the big explosive you know play maybe that we wanted, but uh, at the glance to Marcus, which was really good. So I, I thought when I, you know when I stand out there, I, I only stand out there just to sort of see what it feels like, you know, because I don't ever get that opportunity. And um, I thought it felt pretty good when he was out there. Hey, Coach, how promising you look to see some of the newcomers like Cam Lenhart, Princewell, Maverick, they're making plays. Yeah, I mean, Cam and uh, Prince Will, uh, Maverick, you know, they, they they play like older players. You know, you bring those guys in, especially the positions. I mean, Cam has this unique ability, like his, his hands and feet don't stop. And so he's he's able to push pockets and, and get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Prince Will has unique ability to, you know, get off of blocks he's really great with his hands and Maverick's been so versatile so the whole spring they've kind of fit in and they've you know they've gone with the ones they've gone with the twos they played different positions uh, there's not a, there's, there's no entitlement they're really tough team guys so uh, I think the future is really really bright you know you look on defense you know some guys who played a lot of football last year weren't out there and to have all those guys you know those young players out there playing and, and doing some good things you know it was, was great all the way to the very last play when Gage picked the ball off the guys with that playing like right away right yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of time left. There's a lot that has to happen. You know, for me, everything goes in stages. I talked about in the winter earning the right to go to spring ball. During spring ball, I talk about earning the right to be excited about the spring game. And so we have a lot of work to do this summer. I would see no reason why those guys wouldn't be fighting to start play any any and all of the above. And as I said, you know, especially up front on the defensive line, we're going to play. We're going to play two, you know, two hockey lines if we could, if not three. Keep guys fresh. We have a lot of young talent. To me, on offense, there's no excuse for fumbles. There's no excuse. I, I can live with an interception here or there, and it will result in you not playing. To be quite honest. Now we're not, you know, we're not here to play in fear. You know, it's not you know one time and you're done. But you have to have the ability to protect the football. It looked like you know I looked up on the jumbotron because they kept going over to review them, and I think one of them, that, you know, the gentleman said to me like, "Hey, had we reviewed that, it would have been incomplete." The one on Harbor that was a touchdown, it was an incomplete pass. But I, you know, I knew we were going to play a lot of plays today, and I didn't want to be out there for four hours. We went through instant replays, so I just said, "Hey, let's play. We'll play it like it's 1985, and you're making the call." So, so you know, we can't have those fumbles. But I love the fact that they got their hands on the ball. That's really, really important to me. I mean, if we can take the ball away, we, and what I talked about at halftime, you know, Gabe can tell you, you, you in a good mood or what? All right, good. Well, Gabe, Gabe can tell you. I talked about to the defense, like, hey, the the, the red defense. You know, you're, not that you're playing badly. Um, it's just that they keep starting with the ball on the 30 yard line because your offense keeps turning the ball over. So I'm trying to, you know, always talk about situational football and complementary football. People say that, but you, that's what happened. Um, the fumbled snaps and all that. It's, uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look at it. You know, we're rotating a lot of guys through there, but we don't make excuses. That, that just can't happen. And you know, if it weren't for 66,000 people, I would have thrown my headset on a sat on a normal Saturday because that was really frustrating to me. Yeah, you know, obviously we're still in the. Uh... We're in the honeymoon phase. Everything's hunky-dory until you actually play a game and see what happens. I do – I'm intrigued um, by Sims. Um, I, I really am. I, I think because of his ability to throw the ball, but also um, his his running. He, he can move, and that's one of the things that's dangerous um, for a defense when you got a quarterback that moves. So, you know, and I, I know Rule's going to – they don't maybe have the depth right now and the talent that he wants to have in place, but – you know, they rotate some guys, and, and if they can put up some points, then with a quarterback who's dynamic, then you can you can still be pretty good and have a chance to win some of these games. Yeah, and it'll probably be a younger team, and and then that means that they might take their licks this year, but that sets you up for future years really, really well. And historically, I think 
usually it's been rules second and third year that he's been more successful. So uh, that, that certainly he's got the Nebraska faithful behind him and he'll have support from fans for both attendance and I'm assuming from an NIL standpoint. Yeah, we talked with Robin Washett, um, you know, a few weeks ago about this, that, you know, it, it does feel that um, he's going to get a leash out there of at least a couple of years because um, this is a program that just has not competed the way they're used to competing in Lincoln for several years now. Um, so I think that, you know, Brad, how do you think that changes things? Certainly coaches want to win right away, but but he knows that, um, look, if they're not eight and four this year, it's not like he's on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, he knows that – I think the good thing for him is he can build. And, and, you know, you don't have to worry about winning this year, and you just build. And it's about getting better. And maybe that's – you know, with the portal, it's easier to get better faster. But it still takes to get that depth. You still have to develop through that in, – in football especially, you have to develop that depth and talent through recruiting. And that's going to take a couple years because, um, you know, he's got to put his stamp on the program because it's different than it was, you know, whether it was – Frost, Mickey, Joseph, whoever, they're going to coach differently, going to play differently, and do some things uh, that aren't the same. Yeah, and on the recruiting trail, it's clear they've captured the hearts and minds of Nebraskans. I wonder how well it's playing for recruits, let's say a kid playing football in Texas or playing football in Wisconsin or Illinois. Um, How will this Nebraska team be perceived? And that may take a little bit of time to build that up because of the past being a little rocky, at least for by Nebraska standards. Yeah, as you mentioned, too, uh, you know, one thing he talked about, again, you've got to clean things up. He's not doing what Deion Sanders is doing in Colorado, sticking with some guys. Uh, there's no question. But, you know, as he talked about there um, at the end, you know, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the pressure of the players, you know, the fumbled snaps and the and the small things. Um, you know, he says, I don't care if it's, you know, first string or second string, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's just not going to fly when you get in the fall and you've got a, you know, packed house there uh, in Lincoln of a lot of screaming red and white. That's uh, not going to not gonna be the play. Okay, so meanwhile, let's get back to uh, the NFL draft. Uh, we discussed a little bit earlier. We've got more coming up, but I, I want to get your, I want to squeeze this in somewhere here before we get to the top of the hour. And I want to get your thoughts. Um, you know, we all recall years ago, the Brady Quinn moments. He was the golden boy from the golden helmets, Notre Dame. He was going to be this. He was going to be that. And he winds up going like 25th to the Cleveland Browns and just the agonizing shot before every single draft, uh, every single pick was made in that first round. They would go back and show him lonely by himself in a chair against the wall in the back of the room, looking at a cell phone. Um, That was painful enough. Then came Will Levis Thursday night. The week began on Tuesday reports. He would be the number one overall pick to the point point that odds makers changed their odds from 40 to one to four to one. He'd be taken by the Panthers. Number one, overall, he went undrafted in the first round. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things that happens here. I I do think Will Levis is a really good, really talented quarterback. He's got a big arm. He can really throw the ball. I think he's good. I think he's got a lot of talent. The problem is this. There are only so many teams that need a quarterback. And that are that are going to use a first round pick on a quarterback this year. There were only three, and that's just the reality that that saw saw the value of that quarterback, and they chose other guys. So he slid that fourth spot, and, and people are really making a big deal out of Will Levis sliding. And it's like the NFL; he was never that good, and he was that. That's not it. It's just they chose different guys, 
And you had Indianapolis Colts maybe doing the best disinformation. They took, <laughs> you know, the Florida quarterback, but all week, all we'd heard leading up was they were going to take Will Levis. And, and, but it was like, it was disinformation basically. And so, and you didn't have teams that were willing to give up draft picks to slide up. That's what it really meant. Cause there were teams, there are teams that are going to take him in these first picks of the second round and they're going to love him and he's going to have a chance to play um for for that for those franchises and he's got chance all, everything will be in place for him to be uh pretty good so um it's not not the end of the world but it is sad you watch a kid just sitting there then you realize he's still going to sign a million dollar plus contract and you know he's got a family support system that eh, could be a lot worse yeah and i think the other part of what what's going on here is some of the teams that need a quarterback, they can look into next year and they see a quarterback class that overall is probably a little better than this year. And they may have, you know, the NFL doesn't tend to tank the way the NBA does, but you could say, well, maybe we'll work on our defensive line or, or you know, get a good cornerback, what have you. And then next year, we've got a couple quarterbacks that we really like. And so you, you, you hold off and, and you don't pick a guy like Levis, who's, who's a really talented guy. Yeah, I think that's true, Mike. The other part about it is, like, you knew once you hit a certain level in that draft, he wasn't getting picked. Yeah. I mean, once we hit, I think, pick 20, there was maybe one team. I mean, if you have Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or all yada, Jalen Hurts, you just signed Lamar Jackson, whatever – you're not taking Will Levis because why would you? Why would you waste a first round pick on that? And that doesn't mean you don't want him. It just means I'm not. I I I my I'm trying to win now, and that doesn't help me win now if a guy doesn't play. So, no, completely agreed. It was funny, you know, being in the bluegrass and listening to people. Oh, at the end, oh, this okay, Eagles and Chiefs. I'm like, well, they have two, those two teams have two quarterbacks that they have locked into contracts that are worth three quarters of a billion dollars. So guess what? He's not going first round. It's not going Eagles or yep. Chiefs. So, but yeah, uh, life goes on. And, and you know, look, Philadelphia is one of them. We saw what Jalen Hurts, you know, for about a week, he was the top played, top paid uh, player in uh, NFL history. Here's how it can pay off for Will Levis, though. He can be a free agent sooner yeah, because there won't be a fifth-year option for that because he's not in the first round. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. He has a big – he plays well. He might get money quicker. Yeah. And the real the real money maker in this draft is the company that makes the the silver and gold chains that has the team logo that all the fans <laughs> were wearing in the crowd. <laughs> Holy cow! They must have came with like five million of those things. It's crazy. It was crazy. Hey, that does it for us. We are out of time. Thanks for everyone who joined us uh, this week. As always, two hours goes way too fast for Brad and for Mike. I'm Larry. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the games. We'll see you right back here, same station next week. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network. We supply the words, you paint the picture. KCAA. Open for takeout and delivery, El Tapioc Mexican Food Restaurant in the Tri-City Center of Redlands is back. Their entire family is on hand to serve up their delicious burritos, machaca, chorizo, huevos rancheros, steak and eggs, just part of their mouth-watering great food. Since 1531, people have marveled at the miracle of El Tapioc 
and now you can marvel at the great food the Lugo family has been serving up for over two decades. Nestled quietly in the corner of the Tri-City Center shopping mall next to Burlington Coat Factory. Support them. They can't wait to serve you some of their delectable, authentic, south-of-the-border Mexican fare at great prices, served up with love. Support the area's best-loved Mexican food restaurant in these tough times. Order up a tasty meal on the phone for delivery or takeout, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call 909-307-0017. That's 909 909- 307-0017 or Google El Tapiac Redlands and treat yourself. Do you love to dine out and travel? Then join me, the number one food critic, Alan Borgen, host of the Let's Dine Out TV show on PBS every Saturday at 4 p.m. for the new Let's Dine Out radio show on KCAA 1050 AM. Along with my co-host Isabel Bussey, we will be reviewing local restaurants, interviews with culinary professionals, review new cooking products, cookbooks, plus so much more, including giving away free gift certificates. That's the new Let's Dine Out radio show right here on KCAA 1050 AM every Saturday at 4 p.m. Happy eating! Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. Be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Choose a designated driver. Our sponsor, MVP Rooter, is family-owned, serving the San Diego and Riverside areas with quality and pride for all your plumbing and drain needs. Whether it's residential or commercial, call the pros at 951-900-8687 for Riverside or 619-638-8687 for San Diego. To learn more, visit MVPRooter.com. MVP Rooter, a BBB-accredited company reminding us to never drink and drive. The message of Brother Stare lives on here in Southern California on KCAA, Monday through Friday from 1 to 5 a.m. Hear the worldwide broadcast of the Overcomer Ministry from the Faith Cathedral Fellowship. Call for prayer requests or to make a donation at area 843-599-1215, beginning at 1 a.m. Monday through Friday. Hear it here on KCAA, AM and FM. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Lawmakers may have a bit more time to come to an agreement on raising the debt ceiling and avoiding a default. More from Lisa Taylor. A new report released by Goldman Sachs and Oxford Economics says a sudden acceleration in tax inflows has reduced the likelihood the Treasury Department could default on the nation's debt as soon as June. The report says the Treasury should be able to continue to pay the nation's bills until the end of July without an increase. Democrats and Republicans are at odds over legislation to raise the borrowing limit. U.S. regulators will take over First Republic Bank. Reuters reports the FDIC will play 
replace the troubled bank under receivership imminently. The outlet said a source familiar with the matter noted the regulator feels there isn't any more time for a rescue of the bank through the private sector. It would mark the third bank failure this year after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank in March. Severe weather could hit nearly a dozen states tonight. The greatest risk will be in central Texas where over 7 million people are under an enhanced risk of severe weather, including strong winds, large hail, and isolated tornadoes. The high-risk region includes Waco and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Former President Trump says he's retiring the crooked nickname for Hillary Clinton and using it for his rival. So that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as Crooked Joe Biden. During a campaign event in Manchester, New Hampshire, the former president railed against Biden, claiming there's never been anyone in the history of American politics so crooked or dishonest. A new watchdog report shows the FAA overrode its engineers' recommendations to ground the Boeing 737 MAX after two fatal crashes in 2019. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. You're listening to the Inland Talk Express, 1050 AM and 106.5 FM, KCAA Loma Linda. The Business and Sustainability Hour is on the air. 